0: Hi, and welcome to Answers News for December 13th, 2021. I'm Georgia Purdom here with Patricia Engler and Ken Ham, and a wonderful studio audience joining us, so give yourselves a big hand. Come on. There you go. Make yourselves known.
1: Wow. (laughs) It's half the population of America here today. I
0: know. Lots of people. Yeah. So, um,
1: you know, even uh, last week we had Australians here.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that in was good to meet them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was. So, um, hey, we're already advertising conferences for 2022. We are. I guess we're getting close to 2022.
0: We are. Yeah, just a few few weeks away. That's so, it's so <laughs> hard to believe. But, uh, so yeah, so the co- first conference that, well, not the first conference, but first major conference that we have next year will be our annual Answers for Women conference. And next year will be rooted, standing firm in a twisted world. And so I'm really excited about next year's. For I'm always excited about them. But, um, since I direct the conference, next year is our 10-year anniversary of having this conference. So we've seen it grown from 100 women the first year to over 1,000 women now um, attending. And uh, so if you haven't registered yet, you need to register soon because of the early bird specials. Um, and It'll be way
1: over 1,000.
0: Because we may run out of space. So, <laughs> uh, so you need to register soon at answersforwomen.org. And a great lineup of speakers, including Christian music artist Laura Story, who will be giving a concert and sharing her testimony and we're just going to be talking about how do we live in a world that is very prejudiced against Christians? How do we live that out faithfully? And Ken will be speaking and Patricia will be speaking. And so, and I'll be speaking. So it's going to be good. You know what?
1: I've had many people say to us, we love, they love the conferences we do because ours are very meaty. Right? You know, there's a lot of shallow stuff out there today in Christianity and Fluff and stuff and that sort of thing, and this women's conference is really unique and people love it because it's so meaty. But uh, we'll probably max it out, uh, you know, our twenty five hundred seat auditorium because we allow some space at the back for some booths and so on. Probably at two thousand.
0: Yeah, probably. So sign up today. (laughs) Great Christmas gift.
1: And then this is our well, we call it our pastors' conference Mm -hmm. in October. Yeah, but it's more than the pastors' conference. Pastors and Christian leaders' conference. But it's open to everyone, and it's been growing too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, culture and church in crisis. And we have some interesting uh, speakers that are coming to that, including Mm -hmm. one of the Kendrick brothers who's going to be speaking at that as well. You know, they produce those movies, those incredible movies. But we have a culture that's in crisis, and we have a church that's in crisis. I mean, we're losing younger generations from the church. Church is not impacting the culture like it used to. The culture is collapsing from a Christian worldview perspective. What a mess. And we're going to deal with that at this conference. Yep. That'd be good. And then the other thing I want to mention was, hey, until the end of the year, and go and check out the website for times and so on. It's free yep. uh, from 5 o'clock to 8.30. Um, actually, most nights. Right, most, most nights. nights. Most nights. The best thing is check out the dates. Select on
0: the... days. Uh, <laughs>
1: so uh, the Creation Museum Christmas Town event and the spectacular lights and the live nativity and the special special dinner they have and all the things that are that are going on uh, there. And then we also have the Christmas lights time. here at mm-hmm. the Ark. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's spectacular, the the rainbow lights on the Ark, the rainbow lights at the back, the lights through the petting zoo and so on. The answer center is lit up and yeah, all the lights really on the cool. trees. Beautiful. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more and more now they use these LED lights you can control from an iPad, so they can change the colours and do things yeah. like that, change the patterns. Yeah, and the Christmas really tree cool. at the Creation Museum is spectacular. That's you new. Just, you that's should new for this year.
0: Watch it. It's fun. It really is fun. And we have a
1: live nativity there as well, because a lot of times you don't have a live nativity these days. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, come to both programs. Christmas time, Christmas town. So.
0: Okay, first one. Video shows buck taking shelter inside Michigan church on state's first day of hunting season. So, the buck sought sanctuary in the sanctuary.
2: (laughs) And the Uh, pastor was like, oh dear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 Bodie would love that. That's a great pun there.
2: Okay, show
0: the video. Start showing
1: it. Okay, so, oh, there it is.
0: It came through a window actually downstairs and then it made its way upstairs. Oh dear. So, oh dear. And then it <laughs> jumped right. out the window
1: at the end to escape.
0: Yeah, it just, they were afraid it was actually going to damage all of their um, AV like equipment that was up there. <laughs> but
1: now this is in a church in Michigan, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't understand this statement. One of the pastors, was it one of the pastors uh, here? Uh, well, I'm not somebody,
0: sure.
1: somebody, Somebody. maybe it's not one yes, of the pastors. Yeah, it's a pastor. Okay, mm-hmm. said I was a little sad that we didn't actually take a little time to pray with him before he went out to face the world on the opening day of deer season.
0: <laughs> I hope that was a joke, but
1: d- we're not sure. We're not sure if that's a joke or not.
0: <laughs> I hope so, because like we are, we have dominion over the animals, and as of the after the flood, we were given the command that we could eat them. So it's okay. Well, yeah, we are. <laughs>
1: there's a number of staff here. If they'd have been there Mm -hmm. and it was deer season Mm -hmm. and that jumped out the window, (laughs) he would be on their dinner table right now.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. So, all right. So we always do kind of a fun one first because news is so serious. All right. So getting into some more serious matters. Most Catholics, mainline Protestants say faith in God, not required to enter heaven. So this was a study that they did. And I mean, we're really not surprised by these findings because we've done some of our own surveys, especially of millennials. And I remember in one particular survey that we did, 65% of those millennials basically said that you can be good and get to heaven. You don't need to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. So this is something that's very common, sadly, that people have these views of heaven.
1: You know, I think this is a reflection of the fact that we have... A lot of biblical illiteracy in the church, true, and the sure. fact that a lot of churches are not really teaching God's word. Right. A lot of them are more involved in praise times out the front. I'm not against music; I love music, but a lot of those praise times have become performance mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. and you know the, the the flashing lights and so on. It's more of a focus on on just um, entertainment. And then you often hear this pastor give something he thinks has got to be entertaining and stories. Mm -hmm. People don't know their Bibles because the Bible says unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, right?
2: Yeah, it's funny. I traveled talking to Christian students about how they keep their faith in university, and I never heard one single student say, you know what helped me get through university was was going to a church with like really flashy lights and good music. (laughs) I did not hear one student say that. They said they needed biblical teaching, apologetic answers, and mentorship. discipleship things that we don't necessarily give in the church that we need to if we want to keep youth so right
0: and in this study too one of the things they found is that actually more people believe in heaven than hell which isn't totally surprising uh because they don't want to think about that but even and what's interesting i've seen a real increase in people that believe in um, annihilation so they don't even believe that people have eternal conscious punishment because they'll say oh god is a god of love right he's a loving god so he would never do this and it's like Yes, he would, because we sinned, we disobey God, and unless we repent of that sin and believe in Jesus Christ and what he did, that is what's going to happen to well, us. Right? Matthew, those are the only two choices. And
1: Matthew, it says, those that don't trust Christ are going to go to eternal punishment, right. and the other's eternal life uh, yeah. with, with God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. It says here, more people believe in heaven than hell, mm. but the Bible says there's more in the broad way than the narrow way. Right. There's yes. going to be more in hell than there is in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, sure. that's yeah. the truth of the matter, yeah. Sadly. Yeah.
2: So people want the good news without the bad news. But like I've heard you say, is the good news of the gospel doesn't make sense unless we have the but bad news, which is founded in Genesis. So when people throw out Genesis, it makes sense that they're, they're missing out. Yep.
1: Th- this article also talks about how people view suffering in the world. In fact, I gave a talk on that at the Ark for the Jubilee conference oh, okay. that was here yeah. um, on why is there death and suffering in the world. And guess where I started to talk about death and suffering? Genesis, Genesis. (laughs) and the origin (laughs) of death, and guess who I said who's to blame for death, God or man? Us, because we sinned in Adam, so it's our fault, not God's fault, right? Mm -hmm. But what do they find here? When it comes to suffering in the world, um, most believe suffering is due to the actions of people. Well, in one sense that's true, because we sinned in Adam, but they're not Mm -hmm. talking about that, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, here. And a lot of people, they say Satan has a hand in human suffering. Well, you know, certainly you've got the example of Job and what God allowed Satan to do to Job. But we've got to remember something. Suffering in this world is because of our sin. Right. You know, you can't just blame Satan for everything.
0: Well, but that's what happened in the garden. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, we're always trying to blame someone else, right? Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. So we're always trying to, you know, distance ourselves from it. But it just shows that people are really, I mean, they're questioning these things. They do want answers, but we can only have the true answers when we start with the Bible.
1: Yeah, one of the things you notice with a lot of these sorts of articles is that they don't quote scripture. No. Right? They're not saying, but here's what the Bible (laughs) says. It's always, here's what these people are saying. Mm -hmm. And you know one of the things we do here at Anson Genesis, the Ark and the Creation Museum? This is what the Bible says. Right. Right? Because that's God's Word. All
0: right. Apple, meaning the company, removes Bible Quran apps in China. And so Apple has actually removed access to a popular Bible app and a popular Quran app in China basically saying it didn't meet certain requirements, but obviously the Chinese government's probably going to find, try to find a way to suppress these things as much as they can.
1: Well, there's a lot of Christian persecution in China, mm-hmm. and they don't want you to have Bibles in China.
0: I,
2: no. No, and like they're citing the political reasons for it, and we can anticipate that coming. You know, places like Canada, they're starting to put in hate speech laws and that kind of thing, so we can anticipate this coming. So, (laughs) how should we respond? Well, one good takeaway is soak in as much of God's Word as you can. Don't take it for granted, having it on the shelf. Have it on the shelf, for one thing. Um, Memorize it, live it out, take it in, talk about it. And you were talking
1: before, too, Georgia, how you believe, you know, because. We've, we've got printed Bibles. Mm-hmm. They can easily delete apps and take that away from us. Right. You know, but or you, change it. I or mean, change you have it. to yeah. be
0: careful with digital resources like that. And I think it's just so important. I think even beyond like just having physical copies of it, we need to be memorizing it. Because what happens when the physical copies are taken away? And so I just encourage everybody, and I don't care how old you are, you need to be memorizing the Bible. Because I, it's just so
1: important. I remember one of the verses... My parents had us memorize as kids. Your word have a hidden my heart so I might it not sin against you. And at
2: last it sticks with you for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, oldest known fossils of mysterious human lineage uncovered in Siberian cave. Okay, I should just say, well, in their opinion, oldest known fossils of humans <laughs> um, discovered in Siberian cave. So this is the talking about Denisovans, And so when we talk about um, uh, humans that lived probably in a very in a post-flood world post-babel world after the ba- after the tower of babel dispersion, uh, there were people groups that kind of became isolated and um, formed, and and these are truly humans, these are fully human individuals, but they have certain characteristics about them that might make them look a little different than modern humans that we have today.
1: And I think, you know, for people to understand what happened, when people um, are moving away after the flood, the Tower of Babel, and then moving away, if a group becomes very isolated and they're not mixing with other groups... Then, depending on who survives and what characteristics they have, and so on, they can have certain characteristics that you wouldn't necessarily see in other groups. You might you might see it here and there, but not in a group as a whole, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's just all still human variation, though. It doesn't mean it's another kind of human or something like that. But they're trying to distance distance them from humanity based on their evolutionary assumptions. That's what we're seeing here. And they Uh, found
0: artifacts with these people, so.
1: And and then you know they try to say that the like Neanderthals and Denisovians that they're not sort of like us modern humans and so on but see they find them in caves right see if after the tower of babel if i was leading a group you'd live in a cave because i can't build anything i i I don't know how to build anything you know now i have a brother and brother-in-law who are builders they can think three-dimensionally and build a house you know Mm -hmm. i can't do that so if you went with them you'd build a structure if you come with me you'd live in a cave i'd be a denosive (laughs)
0: I like caves, I might come. I don't live (laughs) in a house. Okay, so but what they found is basically some more uh, bone fragments. They didn't specify, I don't know if they know what bones they're from or not, but bone fragments. So they do some DNA sampling um, from them and, you know, ancient DNA sampling, being a geneticist, I'm a little skeptical of that, like that you can get really good sequence from that, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt here and say that they did. There are certain genetic characteristics that are more common with dinosaurs than with um other other humans today or with yeah, humans today. So they are saying, Well you know, it, it's cool. We found some more of these. We're still trying to figure out more about this group because, unlike Neanderthals, which you know quite a bit about, we don't know quite as much about the Denisovans. But they probably all lived at the same time. They were just an isolated people group, and because of that isolation, they just developed certain characteristics. Like Neanderthals have a very prominent brow ridge, but we still see some of those characteristics even in humans. Today.
1: You know, it says here this layer that where they found the, they don't even tell you what bones. Just a few bones. No, you don't even weird. know what it was. Yeah. You know. Um, This layer contained a slew of stone artefacts and animal remains serve as vital archaeological clues to their life and behaviour. It's interesting, when they find like a a stone axe, a stone tool, they immediately think of intelligence, right? Right. These people were human because they they made tools. And yet, scientists look at our DNA, and the DNA they're talking about sequencing here, which is the most complex information language system in the universe, and they look at that and say, we evolved by chance. They find a little stone tool. Wow, intelligence.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It shows, shows how
1: inconsistent there. they are.
0: All right, CT uncovers bone disease and Tyrannosaurus rex jaw. All right. So basically this is talking about a particular method, a C- CT scanning method that's non-destructive to the fossil itself. So they can kind of see like what's going on inside the bone without actually breaking the bone apart, which is very cool because these fossils are rare and they don't want to destroy them because they might want to do other studies on them. And so what they found in this particular T. rex was um, in Montana was that it had a, a type of bone disease. When they scanned it, they could see that it had that disease. Yeah,
1: you, know, you know why this is really relevant for Christians? I want you to think about this, okay? they've now we've we've got a lot of articles documenting diseases found in bones in the fossil record Uh, dinosaur bones and other bones diseases like uh, tumors abscesses cancer Uh, this one they're saying is a bone disease in the jaw now think about it for a moment if you as a christian believe in millions of years and there's many christians that say what's wrong with believing in millions of years if you believe in millions of years then you believe all those fossils with those diseases were laid down millions of years before man, because that's where the idea of millions of years comes from, that all the fossils were laid down, supposedly, millions of years before man. After God created man, he said everything he made was very good. So if you've got those diseases in the fossil record, millions of years before man, God's calling those diseases very good. So then he's calling cancer very good, and abscesses very good, and bone disease in a jaw very good, which doesn't make sense, so disease has to come after sin, right. so the fossil record has to come after man's sinned. How to explain a fossil record all over the Earth, uh, laid down in sedimentary layers, the global flood of Noah's an yeah. day? And so you can't add millions of years into the Bible.
2: Yeah, For sure, especially because fossils are dead things, so then you have to say <laughs> death before sin for right. every single right. one of those, so right. that doesn't work with the Gospel.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of like we were talking about last week with that article about the guy who was saying, you know, oh, Christians just need to believe in evolution and praise God for evolution. Well, but if you praise God for evolution, then you're praising God for death and suffering. And that was his mechanism and method to bring about every living thing. That is definitely not something we can be grateful for or should be grateful for. Because it didn't happen that way, first and foremost. But because that's not the God of the Bible. God would never be praising of death. Yeah. Or and it's not his method
1: to bring things into existence. Right. It's his judgment because of our sin. That's what it is. Hey, by the way, did you notice that the researcher here, his name is Charlie Ham. But I spelled it with two M's. He spelled it it wrong. Yeah, it's a mutation. It's okay. Oh,
0: my goodness. Yeah. All right. Daddy caught Chris No, Daddy caught kissing Santa Claus a new postal service commercial. I, I do not recommend that you watch It's a Norwegian
1: this. postal yeah. service. Yeah. This yes. is a
0: Norwegian postal service. Thankfully it's not here in the United States. So this is kind of a play off the idea of I, I saw Mommy. Probably will be. Yeah, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. It's basically a commercial. It's a 4-minute long commercial. So we don't have commercials that long here in the US really that much, but basically It depicts um, Santa Claus as a gay man um, and who has a relationship with another gay man. And it's just... We we started to watch it and then we stopped because it was just... The
1: the video is entitled When Harry Met Santa.
0: Yeah. And
1: Harry wrote a letter to Santa saying, All I want for Christmas is you. And he gets his wish because then... Santa comes and...
0: And the postal service delivers Santa's packages instead of Santa. You know, it's
1: just another example of how they're trying to push uh, and normalize the LGBT worldview on everyone. That's, that's what it is. And, and on kids, and doesn't matter who. And they're trying to force acceptance. And
0: yeah.
2: yeah, and it does go back to worldview, because of course if we evolved apart from a creator, then we get to decide everything about what we think it means to be human um, and, of course, Norway is one of the more atheistic countries. So um, I found about a third, according to one poll, uh, 4,000 Norwegians say they don't believe in... Well, only a third say that they believe in some kind of God, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the others say either no or they're not sure. So this is just a reflection of that, really.
1: And, you know, it's interesting in this article, the last... I don't know you... We took note of the last paragraph. says, this isn't the first time Sanders has been depicted as someone other than straight, white, male... During this year's Christmas festivities, Disney's you, theme parks featured a black Chris Crindle, like the first time they'd done that. But see, that's very different to pushing the gay that's stuff. That's very different It's thing. totally different. I right. mean, how can they put those that in the same paragraph?
0: Well, and they said, um, the, the it said the clip is actually captioned, in 2022, Norway marks 50 years of being able to love whoever we want. All right. So then... If that's true, then nothing can be... That, how do you decide what's right and wrong? You right. can't. Because why isn't pedophilia okay? Why right. isn't bestiality okay? Why? I mean, how can you say any of those things is actually wrong? What's your standard for doing that? If you can love whoever you want, you can't. And that's the problem. But when you start with the Bible, you have an ultimate foundation um, given to us by our Creator who decides what's right and wrong, the standard by which we say that. Otherwise, well, if,
1: if you remember a few years ago... It'd be a few years ago now, when we're doing Answers News and talking about, you know, legalizing gay marriage and so on. We said, Once you unlock that door, why not polygamy? Why not Pedophilia? Why not? Whatever you want, and we're starting to see those doors being unlocked. Well, aren't we?
0: even with like pedophilia, they're calling the, it minor, minor attracted min- persons. minor attracted. Yeah, they're yeah. they starting to change person. the
1: terminology, and you see they're starting to talk about it. And yeah. even though per- people object, that's what happened with with uh, you know even gay marriage. They yeah. they start to talk about it, and then they start to normalize it. And that, you see it all happening before yeah. our very eyes.
0: Yeah, so we need to be watchful of that. A social media star who was censored for sharing biblical beliefs on marriage wins big ruling. And so um, this uh, star, Erica Nieto, she's uh, in Colombia, the country of Colombia. Basically, the Supreme Court ruled that she should not be censored for sharing her beliefs that marriage should be between a man and a woman, which is good. I'm very thankful that they decided that. Um, We want to see more wins like that in various countries because people, you know, it's always funny because people say to us, you need to be more tolerant. And I'm like, who's the one being intolerant here? You know, you're saying I can't say what I believe about marriage, even though you get to say what you believe about
2: marriage. And she specifically did say that she would tolerate like, right. even though she didn't agree with them, she said that she'd tolerate them, but that was still taken as hate speech, and that's what the lower court had ruled, that it, that it was hate speech. Um, so that just shows you how open the definition is. Instead of, like, hate, it's now being defined as not agreeing and not affirming with so something. So a
1: lower court says it has to be taken off the internet, a higher court overruled. Yeah. But again, it shows you, with with these judges, it's just, it doesn't matter with the Supreme Court in America or wherever it is, the world view of the judge determines what mm-hmm. they're going to say and how they're going to rule. Yeah. and That's why you have one political party saying they want more liberal justices on the mm-hmm. court and others saying we want more conservative. In other words, wait a minute, it's got nothing to do with what the constitution or what's legal, it's to do with your world right. view, yeah. right. which is a reminder, no matter how good a constitution you have for anything, even in a church, mm-hmm. no matter how the world view of the people interpreting it is going to determine what happens.
0: Yep. And they talk about you know that the court had initi- the lower court had deemed her remarks hate speech, and we see this over and over again. Like, okay, so if you don't agree with somebody, you hate them. Like that's that's their equivalent now with each other, and that's just not true. We love people enough, especially in the LGBT community, to say no. This is mm-hmm. sinful. And you need to repent, and you need to stop doing this because this goes against God's word. We want them to see that. You know, we're all sinners. We're all in need of salvation. We've all done things against God, and so the most loving thing we can do is actually to tell them that truth, even if they may not like it. It's still true.
1: You know, it's interesting, um, and, and often explain, when I'm teaching, like in the answer center upstairs, or you know, at the Creation Museum, and so we out in the road when I'm talking about this issue, I say. You know, here's, here's the thing that i found the LGBT uh, movement they try to say that oh you Christians you're full of hate speech and you're intolerant and i say now wait a minute um, why do you say that and they say because all we want is freedom for our views and we want to allow all views and i say but no you don't mm-hmm. and they say yes we do want to allow all views well my view my worldview built on the bible is that they're all wrong, and there's only one view that's right, and it's God's view, and that is one man, one woman in marriage and gender. There's only two. And they say, but now you're being intolerant of our worldview, but aren't you being intolerant of my worldview? You see the clash, right? And they see that clash as meaning hate speech and intolerance, which is why, as Christians, what we've got to do when we're talking to these people is recognize By arguing at a worldview level, you're not going to get anywhere in the long run. What we've got to do is take the argument down to a foundational level. Why do you have the worldview you do? You know, I've I've said to people, can I explain to you why I have the worldview I do? I start from the Bible. And they've said to me, we don't believe the Bible. So you don't believe the Bible? Guess what? I do. Right? Why don't you believe the Bible? And then what you do is you sort of bait them. And what I mean by that is ask them all sorts of leading questions, why don't you believe the Bible? What do you think about something? Because you know what they've been taught at school. Mm-hmm. You know what they believe, to get the argument down to that foundational, that foundational level. Yeah. Um, by the way, Patricia, I think what, if you had hair like that, you would really stand out on Answers <laughs> News. Uh, yeah, that?
2: I mean, that can be arranged if you prefer. No, <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: We no. could try it, just to see what people <laughs> think. I mean, you um, know?
2: I'll, if, if you maybe wanted to take a complimentary color and maybe like red and green for Christmas or something <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> would be interesting. But there's a lot of hate speech rules going on in Canada right now. where There they're are, trying to yeah, do
2: yeah. One called Bill C-36 that uh, it's been brought forward. It hasn't been passed yet, but mm-hmm. that was going to be, yeah, basically criminalizing anything that they consider hate speech, which could be a real problem for Christians. So and I it'll be how people define it. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, yep. And, and it's how, a judge,
1: how a judge defines yeah. it or yep. something like that. Yep. So
2: exactly.
1: By the way, Georgia, this next article, I think...
0: I will read the title. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, but I think it... Yeah, we're going to let Patricia explain, right? But I think this isn't a good example where news media will say things Mm -hmm. and people will think something that's just not true. Yes, a great
2: example of why you need to think critically. One part of that is going back to the source, saying, "Okay, is this actually being reported correctly?" Because a lot of times you're going to see headlines that go actually like beyond what a study claimed, or sometimes the scientists themselves will. embellishings a little right. bit, uh, so this is yeah. potentially what's going on here.
0: So the first living robots that can reproduce. Microscopic organisms made from frog cells assemble babies in their Pac-Man shaped mouths and breakthrough that could one day be used to destroy cancer cells.
1: Now if I just take, yeah. that, if I just take that as written, I'd say, wow, look what these scientists have done. Mm-hmm. They invented these robots that now reproduce. Right. Is that right, Patricia?
2: Well, that's what it sounds like. That's what headlines are going to make you uh, think. But okay, so let's actually look at what's going on here. So they start with these uh, embryonic frog cells. And now embryonic, they're stem cells, by the way. And these cells, if you have a bunch of them together, they will naturally stick to each other and they're naturally going to self-organize in the sense that they're going to form a little ball. Uh, the ball is going to get like cilia, so these little like moving parts on the outsides, and that'll allow the ball to kind of roll around in a circle and it'll just keep doing that for a couple of weeks till it runs out of energy. That just normally happens. So if you take one of those little balls of cells and put them with a bunch of dis- dissociated set stem cells just kind of floating by themselves, the ball will roll around and then kind of... That's what you were seeing
0: in the video. Yeah, 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 so that's what's
2: going on and then kind of the fluid dynamics of that helps um, the disassociated cells stick to each other a little better and form their own ball. So the moving balls of cells are what's being called a living robot here, so that's one thing that's interesting. So then basically they took um, a computer program and modeled what shape to surgically manipulate the rolling ball into to get it to help other cells stick together better. So that's all that's going on here. Um, so they found that this little Pac-Man shape worked the best for that. And by the way, they had to like physically kind of do a bit of surgery on this rolling ball of cells to get it into that Pac-Man shape it doesn't reproduce another Pac-Man shape because the balls just like naturally turn into spheres when they assemble. So it's not even like self-replication. not reproducing. And it can't oh. go on forever either. This, this fizzles out after a couple generations because the next little ball is smaller, and it doesn't even start to move on its own alone. The scientist has to pick it up, put it in another Petri dish, and wait for cells to stick to it until it's big enough to start rolling. Yeah. So this is not a... Not yeah. a robot uh, reproducing at all. So,
1: so now, if you, if you go back to the um, headline here, the first living robots, well, they're not robots. No. Right? <laughs> no,
0: see, that's why I kept waiting. I'm reading an article and I'm like, where is the robot part of and, this? And, so and it's, it's not like
1: a living organism. It's just a no collection cells, of cells yeah. that stick a together, yeah. right? Frog cells, uh, stem cells. Microscopic organisms made from frog cells assemble babies. Well, they don't assemble babies. <laughs> no,
0: it's no. not exactly, There's no. It's a clump of cells. Yeah. That's all it is.
1: And they're Pac-Man-shaped mouths. Well, it's not a mouth. And it's no, because uh, they took one of these balls and they took out some cells mm-hmm. to try to make it look yeah, like it has a mouth. It, yeah. uh, in Breakthrough, they could one day be used to destroy cancer cells. So. In other words, that whole headline is just... It, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah,
2: so it, I mean, it's an interesting experiment, and it's it's cool. Like maybe you can use these to to do something eventually, but uh, yeah, basically, moral of the story is um, check the source. Don't take everything you read at face value. Think critically. Think biblically.
1: Do you know what I think the moral of the story is? Make oh. sure you watch Answers News, so we can tell you about these. That
0: things. too. I'm thankful that she understood it really well. (laughs) Because she explained (laughs) it really well, and I was like, good, you can do that on the news because that's a really good explanation. It really helps being
2: in the same cubicle as the web content people because then they can explain (laughs) things to me and then I can explain, yeah. I'm glad you knew too because I
1: read that and I thought, (laughs) I don't understand this. (laughs)
2: It's Yeah, you have to kind of go back and look at the original paper that they're Mm -hmm. citing to kind of see what was really happening and read some other commentaries on that.
1: But you know the sad thing? There's a lot of ways in which people Kids at universities, mm-hmm. uh, public schools, teachers are led astray, because yeah. the, someone will write a popular article about right. some research paper, and they'll totally um, embellish it, and it's not what it, what they claim.
2: Yeah, we actually have an article on our site called Can We Trust Science Media, and it goes through a whole bunch of examples of science headlines, and then compares it to what the actual study found, and they're very different. Yeah. So that. It's like the
1: time when I said I didn't believe there are aliens in outer space because um, one of the reasons was the gospel, mm-hmm. because Jesus became a member of the human race, right. not, not a God clean on or something like that. It's only humans can be saved. It doesn't make sense. There's aliens in outer space. So the headline was, Ken Ham believes aliens are going to hell.
0: I mean, it's I like catchy, know, but it's, right. is it true? Yeah, <laughs> and you have a great show on Answers TV, our streaming platform called Critical Thinking Scan, so why don't you talk yeah. a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so the whole idea is that is basically not just telling people what to think, but how to think, because we know that it's super important to have answers to defend your faith, but the trouble is, is say you're in school or just browsing the media, you're going to run into new information you haven't heard before, and maybe someone hasn't written an answer to it, then what? How do you think like an apologist yourself? and arrive at a biblical logical conclusion so it just shows you an easy framework that you can use to think through any faith challenging information yourself and uh, and come up with a good answer and that looks at real examples but from textbooks and that's our culture. streaming
1: platform it's answers.tv yep. and it costs just over three dollars US a month for a 12-month subscription we have about 5,000 yeah. programs on their videos for all ages kids creationist nature programs we have Patricia's program. Isn't really it good to have a young person like Patricia who stands on God's word and can teach people how to think correctly.
0: Very she wrote a book to too. She's got a book coming out. January,
2: yeah, for yeah. Christian students going through university to keep their faith, use those critical thinking skills. What, and if you What's the title of the it's book? It's called Prepare to Thrive. <laughs> A a survival guide for Christian students. Yeah, so Lord willing, coming out soon. And I'll just add about the Answers TV. If you uh, watch the video's critical thinking scan on there, you can download uh, study guides that you can use to basically make it into a DIY curriculum.
0: Yeah, great. Yep. Awesome. Lots of resources. Well, we are out of time for today, so we'll see you back later.